Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Millie Murillo. I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Torrent. So today we want to talk about integrity and spirituality. Integrity when it comes to working with spiritual professionals, but also integrity with our own spirituality and how we show up and, of course, not falling into the space of bypassing this very real human life that we live. For anyone who, who's ever worked with me in any capacity, you know that I'm very mindful of always bringing in the very human component. Essentially, I feel that we can't live a spiritual life, and, and we'll go into what that means, without minding being human and adulting and the responsibilities that come with all of that. How do you feel about this topic, Ashley? Oh, it's one of my favorites. I, <laughs> I love this topic. I mean, I love spirituality so much. And over the years, as I've become a medium and an intuitive and working as a psycho-spiritual counselor and my own spirituality blossoming within me, what I found is I need spirituality to be grounded. And that's one of the reasons I love this podcast so much is because when I've been in spaces where people are blissed out in spirituality, that they lose ground or they lose touch with their humanity, or I just feel very uncomfortable because I feel, I like you said, I feel like we're spiritual beings having a human experience and we're walking this life as both having this human life. And I've said before, the human life is the vehicle through which the soul evolves. So it's so important to be in touch with both. And so when we get lost in one or the other, when we get lost in our human suffering and forget that there is something bigger holding us, or we get so blissed out on spirituality that we forget to walk the human path and, and we stop evolving or we lose touch with our own humanity, I think it becomes dangerous and harmful. Yeah, I love this topic. I think when we're talking about spirituality for me, and, and I would love for you to elaborate, you know, spirituality to me is the, the belief that there's something bigger happening, the belief that there's an energy that is bigger than us, what I don't know if you want to call that God, the universe, spirit, the divine. But to me, that energy is love, the pure potential, the pure possibility, where everything comes from, that source. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you walk this human life, honestly, without believing that there is something bigger happening. Mm -hmm. Because we've said it before. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point? Right. You know, unless there's a purpose to this and there's something conspiring and co-creating with us to create our experience and supporting us, then it can be a very lonely, dry life. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think that <sighs> I've thought about this before and I, I've asked myself, what is the point of life? What is the point of existing? And we, we decide that. We create that. But I think that the creation of that comes from being in touch with that light that exists mm -hmm. within all of us. So for me, spirituality is not just discovering, but having a visceral experience of that wiser light, that wise light, that wise voice that exists within all of us, accepting it as, oh, that is real and that exists to guide me. And cultivating a relationship with that part of ourselves to then create something or live this human life in a certain way. That's mm. what spirituality means to me. And I think that to me, spirituality has a bit of a 
I don't know, a bit of a component to it where, where we have to show up for it. Like we have to practice it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where that practical side comes in, because I think that really discovering what that means and getting in touch with it, because we have so many distractions in, in this life and in our human world requires that we show up and come back to it again and again to remember what that feels like. I, yeah. I said a lot. Did that make sense? totally made sense. I mean, it's a relationship. We have a relationship with our soul. We have a relationship with this energy that our soul is a part of. Mm -hmm. And it's a very personal relationship. What my spirituality looks like may be very different from yours. And I think that's something each of us needs to decide. And I find when we're not even asking those questions, we're missing out on something. Mm -hmm. And for me, that relationship that I have with my soul and the energy of the divine, it brings the magic to life. It's the juiciness. Mm-hmm. It, it's the colors. It's the music. I said to a client once that wasn't in touch with his intuitive side or, and even his emotions, you know, and didn't really know what he believed spiritually. What we noticed is the soundtrack of his life was missing. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like spirituality adds the soundtrack to our life. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's this beautiful layer overlay underneath foundation that holds us. And I, I, like I said, I feel like life can get very painful if we don't have that and we can feel very lost. So it's something very special and obviously very important to both of us. Now, wherever you are on that path, even if you're not on that path, you know, I feel like this conversation can be helpful and it's important to honor your path as it comes and to make anything with spirituality, take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. Right. It's not about taking what fits for other people. It's again, a very personal relationship. So what makes sense to you? What resonates with you? What feels honest with you? Because if you're not being honest with yourself about what resonates with you, that relationship won't be an intimate one. It won't deepen. It won't support you. Mm -hmm. If anything, it'll just create a feeling of being even more lost. Right. And this is a really beautiful segue into the, the conversation, because I think that when we speak of integrity and spirituality, we're only really able to discern the integrity when we understand to an extent what spirituality means and feels like to us. And that's where we get into the topic of free will and self-responsibility. So in some way, shape or form, most people, if not all, have had this experience of putting teachers and healers on a pedestal. And Ashley posed a really great question. How often have we assumed that someone else knows more than we do and mm-hmm. and how that actually distances us from that internal knowing from that relationship that we're meant to nurture with again this wiser higher limitless light that we carry mm-hmm. within us mm-hmm. i think one of my biggest pitfalls over the years has been giving my power away to different teachers is assuming they know better than me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that ends up happening is that I'll meet one and they're doing good work. Mm-hmm. It's great work. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden I'll assume that everything I've learned or what I know, right. I put it to the side right. and I assume that I don't know enough or I haven't learned enough. Like when I was studying mediumship, it's important to come with a curiosity and a blank slate so I can take in what's new to me. But when I was taking in what was new to me, I totally disregarded the relationship I'd had with my intuition. Like I assumed I didn't know any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I started trying to become the medium, like a medium that I'd seen, Mm -hmm. you know, which didn't fit or do things the way maybe a medium would do or an intuitive would. 
And what happened in the end, when I've done this over and over again, there reaches a point where I see the humanity in my teacher Mm -hmm. and it throws them off the pedestal. Like it's like they're booted off. I see something that I don't like and they get thrown off and that's not healthy too. So what I'm saying is I put them on the pedestal. I disregard my own internal wisdom, my own experience, forget that I know anything. And then at some point I see something in them that takes them down and that's not healthy either. So what I've learned and I'm still continuing to learn is it's so important to honor what I do know and to be careful not to throw all that away or put it to the side and to claim what I feel is right for me and to make it my own. Right. Um, I'm so sorry. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) You know, to take with mediumship, for example, what do I want mediumship to look like? What do I want my readings to look like? Not just because I've seen it done by someone else. Mm -hmm. Also, to remember that my teachers are humans Mm -hmm. and to not assume that they're more evolved than me or that they're always doing their work. One of the things I've been really disappointed in is that someone can provide a beautiful spiritual space, but man, one on one, they are not there. They're checked out or they're not living in integrity or in alignment. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've felt really disrupted inside when I've assumed that someone was really doing their personal work and not to judge them in because we all have good moments and bad moments. But when I've seen like, oh, who this person is in session is not necessarily who this person is out of session, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can feel like a bummer, meaning they're not as connected. They're not present. Maybe they're not even as nice. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're just in session presenting ourselves as a person and then we get to like leave session and go and be an asshole. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. So, you know, we're using the word teachers and healers, right? But my experience has been so much with coaching and, and coaches that I've had. And I have been in the position where I hire a coach to help me with something. And I have tried to convince myself that their way of doing something is the way that it's going to work. And everything inside of me tells me that doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have just overran my own voice, my own intuition, instead of saying, you know what, this just doesn't resonate. This just, it's not the way that I feel comfortable doing things. And I've kept going. And I have attempted to do things a certain way and thinking, well, my way or my intuition is somehow wrong. And what I've realized over the years is, no, first of all, that's not always true. And I've also realized that we come across the teachers, the healers, the coaches, the therapists, whatever, and whatever, whatever title these people have, they also do come to us at the right time to show us where we are. So what I mean by that is I've hired a coach whose methods didn't really resonate with me, but I had somehow convinced myself that she knows better. That's why I hired her and I should just do the things. Well, at that time, I needed to hire her and to have that experience in order to know, "Mm, no, I, I, I actually do know. And that's actually not my way. So I also wanted Mm -hmm. to say that because I do believe that to your point that you made earlier, that just because someone comes in with a certain knowledge doesn't mean that we just throw all of our previous knowledge away, that we are in space with, with the healers, teachers, coaches, therapists that we need at any particular moment for that moment in our lives. And again, to your point, 
we get to take what really works for us and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I notice in session with clients and even with myself is that, for instance, when someone is not ready to move past something in their life, they're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that matters. That That is valid because that's just where you are in that moment. Now, I have heard horror stories of facilitators saying, well, that's what you need to do if you want to transcend this. You need to work on this. You need to make a decision now. It's like, that's never, that's never worked on anyone, I don't think. No. And, and that it's not even the point in someone's process. You know? No, no, we can't steal someone's inner authority. I mean, I've had clients say to me, you must get so tired of hearing this. And I'm like, no, because it's, I'm not the one living the life. I don't Mm -hmm. have an agenda. Right. My agenda is to hold space. And I trust that everyone has inside them everything they need to heal. Mm -hmm. So if a client is going through a process that they can't find their way through or out of, they're the one judging it. I'm not judging it. Right. Because I know that they will find their way out of it when it's time and they may just not be time. So I think it's so important not to put our agenda on someone and to remember to honor everyone's own inner authority and to respect that. We shouldn't have someone telling you what your soul is telling you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like when I do a reading, I'll say I do communicate with people's soul, Mm -hmm. but that's very different to get information from a soul versus like I begin speaking for that person's soul and they lose their connection to their own soul. And I've heard of that happening where someone has a relationship to an intuitive, they go regularly. And next thing you know, that intuitive has never taught them how to connect to their own soul. Instead, the intuitive is speaking for their own soul. And that becomes so, so dangerous. So I really, I think what what Millie and I are saying is like, when you're in relationship to any sort of spiritual, psychological professional, anyone in the healing community in that way, it's important to honor yourself Mm -hmm. and your intuition in this. Listen to your body. Does it feel safe? Does it feel comfortable? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like someone's trying to take over and hijack your inner knowing? Or are they encouraging you to answer your own questions? Mm-hmm. You know, are they asking you the questions so you can find your own answers? That right there is a discerning factor. When someone tries to hijack your process, that right there, I feel is, I don't know, a red flag, if you will, yeah. of whether that person has done their own work or not. Because anyone who has done their own work and is in the process of their own work knows, knows for a fact by experience that you can't rush a process. You can't get somewhere faster than you're ready for. And if you know that as as a facilitator, you can't, you can't rush someone's process. It's pointless. It's pointless. And I've even heard horror stories of people like at plant medicine ceremonies. And I do, I mean, I think plant medicine is really powerful and I have nothing against it. What I have a problem with is people holding space during those ceremonies that are out of integrity and making people take more than their body's telling them is okay. Like rushing their, you know, ayahuasca journey, rushing their journey, like giving them too much when their body is saying, no, I've heard terrible stories about stuff like that. Or people, like you said, just asking them to betray themselves Mm -hmm. in these ceremonies and these processes and these intuitive spaces and these coaching spaces and these therapeutic spaces. You know, another thing, 
that I think is important is that to remember that anyone that's in this, we're in an authority position when we're holding space for someone right. else. Right. And we have such a responsibility right. in that space we hold. And I really believe that anyone who's holding this space needs to be doing their own work. Mm-hmm. If they're not, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I feel is very important is I'm very transparent about, you know, the fact that I have therapists, that I'm in my own healing process. Mm-hmm. When I meet someone who's lost connection with their humanity, when I meet someone who is maybe above it all, my teacher Julie says, when you meet the Buddha on the road, keep walking. Mm-hmm. If you meet someone who acts like they're an enlightened being yeah. and brags about it or boasts about it, or you can feel their ego in the room, that's dangerous because an enlightened being isn't going to brag about being yeah. an enlightened being. Right. They're just not. Right. (laughs) So if someone pretends they know everything, walk out, leave, run, all of that. It's not human. (laughs) I think that one, I think that some of the best facilitators are the ones that remember that sometimes being human really fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And, and, And I don't mean to be like a downer here, but I don't think that being human is always supposed to be just joyful. I think that Mm -hmm. there is work in finding joyful moments in our lives. And I do believe that. I do believe that we can create, and not just superficially, this again has to be from from a soulful space. We can create a receptivity to the joys that life does bring us. I do believe Mm -hmm. that we can feel joy when the sun, when the warmth of the sun hits our skin. I do believe that there can be joy when we're, when we're making dinner for our families. I do believe all of that. But when, when we're in the space of just not honoring the pain that comes with being human sometimes, it's just, it doesn't make any sense because we need one in order to understand the other. Mm-hmm. And, and if that person who has forgotten how to be human then doesn't have compassion for you in this deep healing process, right. that becomes so dangerous. If they become like a robot or emotionless. See, again, I don't think an enlightened being would be like that. I think an enlightened being would not join you in your suffering, but would have enough empathy to connect to your suffering and enough compassion to hold space for you. And you would feel that, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's really important that when you're choosing someone to work with, do they have compassion? Can they hold space for you? You know, are you pushing through an experience or through a session or a situation? Are you, um, are you overriding your free will in any of these things? Like, are you forgetting yourself? Are you not trusting yourself in this process? Mm -hmm. You know, really notice the red flags. It's like, it's another relationship when you're doing this, it's you're in relationship with these people. So it's like, okay, so in my personal life, what do I have a tendency to play out in my personal life? What red flags do I have a tendency to overlook? And then, you know, how to be mindful of the way I might override those red flags in my relationship to a healing professional. The good news is that if you're doing that with a therapist or a coach or anyone in this space who is working in integrity and with themselves, they can work with you and help you notice those red flags or those projections you're placing on them. They won't enjoy you putting them on a pedestal. They'll make sure you don't. Right. You know, they'll check you yeah, in the right way. For sure. You know, it's interesting that, that you bring that up because in our natal charts, the seventh house of partnership is not just for romantic partnerships. It's for all one-on-one type of partnerships. So that includes mm-hmm. romantic partnerships. It includes roommates. It includes friendships where you're one-on-one. It includes 
your relationship with a healer in some way. Mm. It does very much fall in that space of a, of a relationship where you get to also contribute. I think that a big part of being mindful of working with someone is also them allowing you to show up and contribute and not just follow direction, not just do what you're told. Because some astrologers refuse to call their readings readings. They only call them consultations because a consultation Mm -hmm. implies that there is a dialogue that is open between the client and the astrologer. And so I've always found that fascinating. I'm not hard on it, Because I know that even though I call my readings readings, I always try to be very mindful of of what the other person, you know, has to say. And and I'm clear, let me know what resonates and what doesn't. Because the fact of the matter is, is that for a lot of people, that's the first time I've met them. I've never met them. I don't know what their life is like. But if I read a chart and I say something that doesn't resonate with you, well, then it doesn't resonate with you. And that's so important. It's so important to as facilitators to, especially more esoteric practices, be open, be open. And if the person says, well, that didn't resonate, okay, then that didn't resonate. Yeah. It's a conversation. That's so important. And as you were talking, I was thinking also, you know, in my readings, or my intention is not to hear me spout wisdom or like, it's not to hear me speak. My intention is that anyone who sits with me has the experience of touching into the light of their soul, Mm -hmm. if even for a moment, Mm -hmm. that the love that I see in them is mirrored back to them Mm -hmm. so that they remember it. My intention is that whatever they're coming to me for is a mirror that holds up that that is within them Mm -hmm. and they can feel that beauty and that magic and remember it to the part of them that has forgotten it. Because I do believe like we forget the light of our soul. I think we forget our love. Yeah. So it is like, it is a consultation. It is a dialogue. It's, it's an exchange of energy. And even as a therapist, like I hope in every session, someone remembers their goodness, right? You know, that that's what we're really trying to do is help someone remember something really beautiful about themselves, no matter what stage of the process they're in. Right. And as we are on the topic of you're still your own person and we're here to reflect something back to you in some way. I can't tell you how many times I've received requests of tapping into someone else. This has been especially true like in romantic relationships where there's a breakup Mm -hmm. and perhaps someone is hoping that the other person comes back. What are they thinking? What are they doing? And somehow people feel, they believe that people in our position, especially as an astrologer or as an intuitive, as a tarotist, that we can know what someone who we have no idea who they are, what they're thinking, what they're doing. And you have to be very mindful of that because look, I guess never say never, right? And, and I don't know. I think that there are people with extraordinary gifts that might be able to sense into something beyond what I can. But even then, to assume that someone can tell you what someone else is thinking or what their process is, that or what they'll do or what right if they're going to come back that is bizarre to me mm-hmm. and so here's the thing to anyone who's come to me with a question like that i'm like there's there's no way that i could know there's no way that i mm-hmm. could know and 
here's what the astrology says. Maybe there is some room for a conversation down the line. But there is no, yes, there is going to, they are going to come back. And this is what's it's exactly what's going to happen. And this is what they're going through right now. There's no way of knowing that. Because again, we're all individuals and we're all in our own process. So how can someone in a healing position be able to say what's happening to, with someone that they've never met before? And, you know, as an intuitive, I get asked this a lot. What you can feel into are possibilities. Mm-hmm. And you can feel into the energy of relationship. I don't want to tap into someone's ex who's not present for the reading. I don't want to read someone's energy that hasn't asked me to. The thing that I can do is tap into the energy of the relationship Mm -hmm. from the person that's telling me. And I've seen possibilities, but I always say, but you choose, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't not reading for the other person, but I'm like, you choose. Like these are possibilities that could happen. Like I can feel energetically. Remember, intuition is an emotional language. It's not facts and figures, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think we have to be really mindful of when we say possibilities and not saying, I see this happening or this thing will come to you. You know, when people predict things, I've heard stories of people saying, yeah, a psychic told me once that I would meet a guy named Matt and I would marry him and have children. Well, I've also heard of that person going to a bar, meeting a guy named Matt and thinking that that was going to be the love of her life. Right. Well, she might have met five Matts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to be mindful of not being so literal, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and remembering that does this person feel good to me? His name is Matt, but maybe I don't like Matt. Maybe I want David or Joe, or maybe I don't even like men and I want Maria. I don't know. But, you know, it's like we can't let someone determine our future because of the possibilities they may see. And also, how do you know that person isn't bullshitting you? (laughs) How do you know that person isn't saying, yeah, I met Matt. And then you're meeting a Matt and getting married. And well, the psychic told me I'd meet Matt. Mm -hmm. And we got married. Mm -hmm. And what if you're miserable? Mm -hmm. Well, the psychic told me. Mm -hmm. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous. So, you know, we are not foolproof. (laughs) And I think we have to be really mindful of what we're willing to share. And the fact that like, I don't want to be future telling for anybody before telling. Right. I don't want to predict anyone's future. It's dangerous. It's, it's not good. Right. And I think that with astrology, because astrology can in fact be so technical and there are ways Mm -hmm. of, you know, seeing the potential of certain themes unfolding. I, I, I try to be mindful of making sure that someone knows these are potential themes that can unfold. And if it comes intuitively, I'll say, well, this is what's coming up for me intuitively, leaving room for openness because we can't be so literal with things. I've been receiving readings in various ways since I was a little girl. And I think that that helped me very early on understand that I couldn't be so literal because especially when I was, when I was very young, I would wait for literal things to happen. And then I, I realized, oh, It's very different. That language can be very different and you have to be open to the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Also, the language of intuition is is different. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more subtle. And the, the way that we process through logic and thought, while necessary, right, in this human world, while it helps us organize and it helps us live... It's also very limiting because I think Mm -hmm. that the language of the soul, the language of intuition reminds us of the limitless possibilities and of the potential of redefining something in this reality. And so, I don't know. I mean, someone may be listening to this and saying, well, what is it? It's both. 
And that's the thing. Yeah. I was going to say the ego, if it wants something, it will try to make it fit. Right. So I want a partner going back to the example. I want a partner. I want to get married. I want to have kids. Well, I met a guy named Matt. My ego will say, that's it. And cling to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the ego will throw away the intuition, the heart. The ego will not listen to the body and it will try to make everything literal. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to get integrity with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I I know I'm using this example over again. I'm meeting this person. What is my body telling me? My ego wants it so bad to be this person. This is the man of my dreams. Mm -hmm. But my body is saying, gross. He's (laughs) disgusting and rude. (laughs) And so it's a dance, right? It's a dance between the mind and like the practical versus the emotional and the intuitive. You know, what's so interesting is that 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 example is almost like to the T to what happened to me once. And I was very, very young. This is before I, way before I started studying astrology, that I had heard an astrologer talk about how Capricorn was going through a phase where they were going to meet someone and it could potentially be a Sagittarius, right? And so at that time, I remember wanting a relationship so bad. I just wanted a relationship, not thinking as to why or, or anything. I just wanted a relationship. At the time, there was a Sagittarius man in my life. There was a part of me that thought that has to be him because that's what this astrologer said. And then I would see him, see the way he behaved. He was horrible. (laughs) He was, it was just not good for me at all. But there was a part of me that was like, well, that's what the reading said. And he's a Sagittarius and he's in my life right now. And maybe there is something that I don't know. And then I remember talking about it to a friend. And she said, girl, that's not him. There are like a billion Sagittarius in the world. Okay. And it just took that for me to be like, what the fuck? That's right. What am I, what am I thinking? <laughs> you know, clearly this person is horrible. Right. <laughs> and right. Oh, I love that. that my responsibility. What would have happened if I had moved forward? And mind you, this person was also seeking me out. And thank God. There was something inside of me that kept saying, no, no, no. But in my mind, I was like, well, maybe, maybe. Thankfully, you know, my intuitive wisdom was greater than than my egoic want. But what would have happened? What would have happened if I had to just said, well, the reading said that, right? But either way, it's like, I have to come back to myself. I'm the only one responsible for the decisions that I'm making. And That is so important. Personal responsibility is so important. Yes, it goes both ways. And I I had a couple of readings, like intuitive readings that said I would be teaching. And in my chart, it says I would be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So this is an example of, okay, so I'm getting all this feedback on teaching, which I was like, no, not going to happen. Never going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is, so if I say no to teaching, I'm not going to become a teacher. But an opportunity came to me. Someone asked me to start teaching them. I said yes, because I was curious. Mm -hmm. And then I started teaching him. And then I started teaching his wife. And then I started teaching someone else. And someone else in that little group grew. And that little group grew. The point is, is that, first of all, teaching didn't look the way I imagined. It wasn't that this whole class was going to come and find me and say, hey, we want you to be our teacher. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You know? I mean, I think that's what people think. Like, someone also said I would be doing YouTube videos or be on YouTube. And I was like, no way. And I think what they saw is a podcast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it looked as 
me taking an opportunity, seeing how it felt and allowing that opportunity to land in my body and seeing that I liked it. And then it grew and it grew and it grew. And that's another thing is like, what was my responsibility if I wanted to pursue this in the practical world to follow a possible path? Mm -hmm. Now, I could have said no to teaching. I could have said, fuck it. I don't want to do that. Even though it's in my chart, Mm -hmm. I could have said no. Whatever would have happened, I, I don't know. I think... I think teaching has been incredibly healing for my trauma. It's been incredibly healing to me. I think I would have stayed stuck in a lot of ways. I think I wouldn't have healed my fifth chakra as much as I wanted. I think it would have not expanded my spirituality as much as it had. So that's an example of someone can tell you a possibility. Well, if that possibility is there, it will show itself. And then it's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. And that is what allows for professions and practices like ours to be taken more seriously. Because I think that one of the reasons why certain facilitators can fall out of integrity is that they feel that they have to fulfill this role of being able to foretell something that they don't actually see, one. And two, the expectation of those coming in and saying, well, tell me, you know, and it's like, as, as if, I've I've been in the position before where I feel that people are trying to test me and I'm like, look, this is a conversation. You have to open up. And if that's not it, I'll give you your money back. I'm not here Mm -hmm. to be tested by you. (laughs) Let's get that. Let's get that straight. I'm not here to be tested by you. And you don't want to do that because you're missing the point of what something like this could be. Yes. And as soon as the facilitators start taking that stance and stop being afraid to miss out on whatever you charge for a consultation, that's how you level up your integrity. When you're willing to say no, and look, I get that sometimes it's hard to say no, but you have to be willing to do that if you're serious about this type of work, because so much of it is based on, well, they're going to tell me this. I've gotten calls where at the end, someone was like, well, I thought you were going to tell me that I was going to meet the love of my life next year. And now you're just telling me that I have to wait. It's like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't realize that's what you expected. And if I had known that, then I would have told you that this isn't the reading for you. Yeah. And this came up right now because I came across an ad on, on social media. I came across an ad on Instagram promoting some kind of astrology app or something. And someone came up saying, are you wondering what your lover is thinking? Are you wondering if they're going to come back? Well, mm-hmm. astrology, astrology can tell you all of that. And my stomach just like tightened. And I'm like, I cannot mm-hmm. believe, I cannot believe that this is still the way that astrology is being promoted. So for uh-huh. those of you listening, please be mindful of that. And also remember that a lot of these ads, especially if it's for a big app, a lot of these companies have money. They have money to pay actors to say certain things to promote their shit. Please be mindful of that. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, this is why so much of our work is not taken seriously. And like the word psychic is a joke. And that, I mean, this work is sacred to me. This work is one of the most, like it brings tears to my eyes. It's one of the most important things that I've ever done. When I sit with someone and I have a soul-to-soul connection to them or I connect to the other side, my work as a therapist, that's taken more seriously. But when someone comes in to try to test me, mm-hmm. it drives me crazy. When someone is trying to sell readings through Instagram or pretend to be me or pretend to be you, mm-hmm. and that we, if they give us money, 
We will wash the dark energy off them. Look, I don't play in dark energy. Someone's playing in dark energy. I don't want any part of it. If you want to go play in dark energy, dark magic, you go find someone else. That's not for me. This work I take very seriously. It's sacred to me. It's a joyful, loving, beautiful practice. And again, it's here to support your highest good. It's harmonious. It's not going to scare you. It's not going to make you feel bad. But I would really appreciate all those people out there that are doing that kind of sideshow bullshit. Mm -hmm. If they would just take it somewhere else and leave people alone because it is so dangerous. And again, the ego wants to believe whatever it wants to believe. So they're taking advantage of your ego and your fear. Yes. And it's a terrible thing. And look, we're all intuitive. It doesn't take someone enough to ask you enough questions and try to pull. If you're desperate enough, they can pull anything out of yep. you and make it sound like they know something. Yep. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I am ready for this field to change. Mm-hmm. You know, what breaks my heart is I work with several intuitives who are scared to come out of the spiritual intuitive closet because they're afraid they won't be taken seriously. They're afraid that their families won't accept them. And it's like, oh my God, because I've seen what this work does and it's a powerful thing. Right. Like it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I just, I can't with those people. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I have like you, I've said, I'm not doing this reading. I've had people come in. I said, I'll refer you to someone else. This isn't a good fit. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to connect to someone's energy who does not feel good for any amount of money. Right. And, <laughs> the end. and if you're again, a facilitator, and you are not good at something, right? So for instance, I don't feel that I'm a good medium. And I practice with Ashley, and I receive feedback from Ashley. And but I don't feel in me that I can do that and be of service in a in a way of integrity. Because being a medium and being intuitive are two different things. Being a medium is to connect with those on the other side. And while I have gotten glimpses of that, something hasn't landed in my body to say, oh, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like how intuitive messages feel. It doesn't feel like how reading an astrology chart feels. It, It doesn't feel that way to me. So my point with all of this is that if you're a facilitator and there is something that you are not yet good at, you can practice and be mindful of that. Don't promote something that you're not ready for Mm -hmm. just to, you know, get paid. Again, Mm -hmm. that can be so dangerous. And, and that doesn't mean that you don't have time and space to get good at it because this work takes practice. It takes practice Mm -hmm. to be intuitive. It takes practice to be a good astrologer. It takes practice to be a good tarotist. All of those things take practice It's not just like one day I was just sitting down and a beam of light came down and all of a sudden I knew and read all the things. It takes practice. It takes studying where you provide a service. Yeah. (laughs) You have to do your work. And so being mindful of that, you don't have to be all the things to everyone. There are certain Mm -hmm. parts of astrology. There are different realms, tons of different realms of astrology. Astrocartography is one. And I've gotten several requests for that. I have no idea. I know that it exists. I I studied it once with a teacher and it didn't catch my attention. So I didn't dive into it. I don't know. I don't know. So don't try to be everything for everyone. You don't have to be. No, you really don't. Yeah. So we've we've talked a lot about this topic today. And, and I think that both Ashley and I can, can keep talking about it. 
because we're both so passionate about the work that we do. But I think more than anything, we have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for it. You know, this isn't <laughs> to do what we do. It's really interesting for someone to choose to do what we do, you know, in a mm-hmm. world that really makes a joke out of these vocations to yeah. choose for that to be our life's work is is not a light decision to make. And therefore, it does come with a lot of consideration and a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. That's so beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a long time I read a, a book. I think it was like the, the darkest, no, the dark psychology behind astrology. And one of the things that that book started off with was the question of, why would someone choose to be an astrologer? And I thought that was really interesting. And they went on to talking about how someone who chooses to do that, yes, it has to do with that's probably part of your path that calls to you, but to choose to do that as your work is different because you're really going against the grain of what you're told a a profession looks like. I had never really thought about it in that way. I, I, I fell into astrology. I fell in love with it. And I thought this is very helpful for me. Therefore, this is helpful for others. But to really think about when someone chooses to do this for a living, there's so much more that goes into it than just saying, I see things, I hear things. You know? <laughs> and I say that yeah. in that way, because I think that that's the idea that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. I know when I first started, I felt special, mm-hmm. you know? I felt special when I became a medium. I was right. like, ooh, I can connect to the other side. It was probably the thing that made me feel for the first time in my life special. Mm-hmm. And then that quickly changed into, wait, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So everyone can do this. Mm-hmm. And for me to say that I'm special or have gifts mm-hmm. beyond everyone else, that contradicts what I believe, what my spiritual beliefs are. Right. So I had to really watch my ego go from a special to my heart really say, and my intention now is I want to help everyone touch into this. That's why I teach it. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to know that they have these spiritual gifts and there's a purpose to serve their human life. And I don't want to feel special in my spirituality, right. but I did. Yeah. And that was a huge ego check for me. Mm-hmm. And to come back to my intention, like, why do I actually want to do this? So. As we close off, we want to leave you with just a few things to think about, you know, to encapsulate what we've been talking about today. And if you seek any other facilitators or healers that you take note of some of these things. So the first thing is notice what your body feels like. Does it feel safe? I think that this can be so open, but the reason some of these questions have to be so open is because again, everyone has a different experience. So a very simple way that I've come to kind of like a cheat sheet, be able to, to give a practice to someone, right? So when I say, does your body feel safe? And someone's like, well, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that feels like. First off, I think it's important that if you're going to seek a facilitator, be intentional with it. Don't just hop on a call, get into meditation, get into either a meditation or a prayer and, and set the intention to be open and to pay attention. Now, for me, One of the quickest ways is if your body contracts and there's some tightness anywhere in the body, that's the body saying, I don't think that that's necessarily the body saying no immediately, but I think that that's the body telling you, "Mm, ask more questions, think about it, Mm -hmm. sit on it, do more, whatever it is, the body is saying not just yet. 
-hmm. if the body feels pretty relaxed and there's an opening and there's a sense of just natural fluidity and safety with this person, then that's the body probably telling you that it feels safe to move forward with this interaction. Mm -hmm. That's that's the simplest way that I can put it. I don't know if, if you have any insight or, or just a different suggestion. I agree. Just listening to, you know, does the hair stand up on the back of your neck? Do you like being around this person? Do you like being in their presence? Do you soften or do you find yourself pulling away? Mm-hmm. You know, those things are really important. Yeah. A second question. Are you letting someone else tell you where your life is going rather than choosing your free will? I think that this is perhaps something that when you are, at least when I read this question, what comes up for me is remembering where I have hired someone and perhaps in the middle of me working with them, I'm realizing they're just telling me to do something without minding how that lands on me. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, being mindful of saying something or just you honoring it and saying, well, I'm going to take what works for me and leave what doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And finally, are we spiritually bypassing or honoring our human experience through our emotions and allowing them to show us their wisdom? I think this is big. I think any work that's done, you have to honor the human experience. You have to honor the human experience. And I think that our life works in cycles. And I think that astrology shows us that. I think that there are moments in our lives where a human experience is going to be a difficult human experience. And that doesn't mean that to me, what that feels like is that you are building spiritual fortitude in that and it's happening Mm -hmm. on purpose. And, And the reason why we need to honor everything that comes up, it's because it is in fact creating spiritual fortitude. It's on purpose. So to, to then say, well, just think positively you know, it's all happening for a reason to an extent. Yes, but it also has to be looked at. It also has to be held. It also has to be understood. And you get to Mm -hmm. be pissed. You get to, you get to be pissed. You get to say, I don't want to experience this. You get to experience every single part of it. You get to share it. You get to validate it because the fact of the matter is, is that life will always be life. And that particular part of your life is not going to pass until it passes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think it is so important not to try to, like you said, positive thinking, or I was even thinking, oh, I'm going to go get another reading and a reading and another reading and and kind of getting high off readings. Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm going through a, a pretty interesting situation. My landlord wants to sell the house. We don't know if we're going to get the house. They need to sell it pretty quickly. So I'm in this space of unknown. And I can't tell you how many people I wanted to reach out to over the weekend and just say, can you tell me something? And I was like, no, yeah. no, because my my intention right now with my own spirituality is to know that something bigger than me is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And that I trust that something beautiful is happening. And there's a reason why this house thing is is up for me. And I literally had to tie my hands behind my back and shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I knew someone could share something with me, but they would probably tell me, my intuitive friends, they would probably tell me the same thing I already knew. And I had to trust. I already know what's happening. Something mysterious and magical is happening. Mm-hmm. So another way we can spiritually bypass is getting high off readings and hiring people to tell us the possibilities and what they see. And while that's beautiful and great, we can also stop listening to our own intuition and our own relationship to our soul and our life. And knowing that life is presenting something for us that I need to be present for and that I don't necessarily need an outsider's opinion or 
intuition to tell me what's going on because I can trust myself and be present for it. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation just as much as, as we have. One last thing, just from an astrological perspective, Pluto moving into the sign of Aquarius and Aquarius, for those that don't know, is actually the sign of astrology. And, and the reason for that is that astrology is a practice that breaks the mold that is not, you know, considered a profession like, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer or those things. So Pluto in Aquarius opens up and breaks through the barriers of tradition. That's what it's going to really do amongst a lot of other things. And practices like ours, in addition to Saturn and Pisces, by the way, practices like ours really have a possibility to explode and and get big and recognized and be held and thought of differently. If we are the ones, I don't know, I don't want to say pioneering, but if we're the ones who are doing this now, how do we want to represent these practices? How do we want to share them with others? I think that's a really big responsibility. And and I don't think it's one that Mm -hmm. should be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I wanted to just leave that because it's important. It's, it's so important. None of us who are practicing invented what we're practicing. We're not, we are fortunate enough to have had some kind of interest that then led us to the study and the practice that we now get to do as work. If these tools and practices were, if they were created at some point in time and they are tools for self-awareness and self-acceptance and growth and evolution, that's important. (laughs) That's important. This isn't ours. We don't own it. No, no. And, And that feels so important to say because in an era where everything is turned into an app, everything is turned into something which there's nothing wrong with. That's just the evolution of being human at this point in time. This isn't ours. We just mm-hmm. happen to be lucky enough to have an interest that led us to learn it that then we can teach it. And that's, a, that's we have to remember that. Mm, that's so beautifully put. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I really love this conversation. Me too. We, I hope y'all enjoyed it. And um, we look forward to having our next conversation. Bye, y'all. Okay, bye.